Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex on the Horn. We've already talked some Big 12 and some college basketball. Texas getting the big win over Houston Christian last night, 20-3. to It's not a big game, but a big win when you win 20-3. to And that game just opened it up in the fifth inning. Texas getting that big win. We've talked a little NBA coaches on the hot seat. If you got any talk about that, throw us on the tech sign. We're going to get in here an hour or two into Justin Fields and his comments on the St. Brown Boys podcast and uh, talk a little bit about the Bears and their timeline for the decision that they have coming up, what they may end up doing, some of the offers you're starting to hear. We'll get into that, get into a little bit of the Cowboys draft as well, and the big fat poll today on the text line, 512-447-3776, is the text line number for the horn, uh, we would love to, for you to join the show. The big fat poll of the day today, who will be the second Longhorn drafted in the draft? We know Byron Murphy, the likely first pick. That is what everybody's predicting, and now it may be different. You may say Byron Murphy will go second. Somebody else is going to go first. And we've already got a couple people saying that A.D. Mitchell is going to be the second. He has been listed in a lot of mocks as the second wide receiver taken. Now that's all, you know, this is all before the NFL Combine where we're hoping that A.D. Mitchell and X-Man have really good 40 times. Their 40 times are going to be part of where they get drafted. If either one of them posts the worst one, they're going to drop down. But, you know, you never know. These Sometimes the, the name could change. If you think X-Man may go before, if you think Tavondre Sweat could climb up that list, because he, he's one of those ones that I've seen all over the place on draft boards where some people say he's the second-best defensive tackle. Some say he's fourth or fifth. And depending on what people are ranking DeFondre Sweat, he's another guy that at the Combine, people are going to see he had a great senior bowl. Uh, but we'll see what they go, and they see his measurables. They see what he's able to do. We know he's been training. Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat have been training, but maybe him. Maybe JT Sanders. You know Brock Bowers is going to be the first tight end taken. If he goes early, he's projected that a lot of people think he's a top 10 talent, but will drop. We know that that's what they said about Bijan last year, too, and he didn't. We know Jameer Gibbs didn't. So there's a chance that JT Sanders being the pretty much consensus number two tight end, a lot of people say he's the number two, that maybe he moves up. That someone says we really want a tight end and we don't want to risk losing JT Sanders. Jonathan Brooks, we know he's injured. But if no, if only one Longhorn goes in the first round, I don't see that happening. But if he do, does Jonathan Brooks go early in the second as the first running back? Is that a possibility? Who do you think goes second in the NFL draft as a Longhorn. And you can't say Byron Murphy. You can say one of those guys goes before that A.D. Mitchell goes real early, has a great combine, 
And, and then uh, Byron Murphy ends up going 14th. But A.D. Mitchell jumps up in the wide receiver rankings. You can say all of those. Let us know on the text line, 512-447-3776. I do want to hit this uh, Justin Fields story that came up today. Uh, he was on the St. Brown Boys podcast. That's Amon Ra and Equinemius, the St. Brown's boys, uh, both the players in the NFL. Of course, Equinemius, St. Brown plays for the Bears with uh, with Justin Fields. Amon Ra St. Brown still got the blue hair from the Lions playoff run. Uh, but they were talking to him, and Amon Ra did his job. He did his job that he needed to uh, to do to talk to Justin Fields and ask him the hard questions. You know, Equinemius got it set up, but Amon Ra asked the hard questions. So Amon Ra, the first one we said, I have, I have the sound for. I don't have the sound for the second one, but I'll tell you what he said. It's it's. But the sound for the first one is good because the first one, Justin Fields was asked uh, basically, you know, it was a story. Why did you delete? Why did you unfollow the Bears? In all the conversation right now with the Bears that they are they have the number one pick and they'd be insane not to take a Caleb Williams. A generational talent is some saying. Now I know not everybody agrees with that. We'll have that conversation in a minute. But why would you pass on him? Justin Fields now. We know you've had that window. Why how many opportunities does he get? He had to go through this last year. And how many opportunities? And this is what he had to say on the on the St. Brown Boys podcast when he was asked why he unfollowed the Bears. If this was a message because we're always looking for that message that he's upset and that he wants something done. This was what Justin Fields said. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why are, you, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Right? Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You That's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields. See the drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over. So there we go. Caleb, uh, Justin Fields says, man, I, I look, I'm going on vacation. I know this. I did this last year. He was on Super Bowl Radio Row last year. He was talking to everybody last year and, and answered all the questions of, you know, are you going to be the quarterback next year? Do you want to be the quarterback? He was asked all those, and he did it last year. He's got to do it again, and he says, well, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm, I'm not deleting Instagram, and I know all, all the old heads right now are like, well, just delete the social media. Like, I mean, I ain't doing that. I'm taking pictures. I'm going to be sitting on the couch on the beach or wherever I'm going, and I'm going to want to scroll through my feed and see what my, my boys are doing and my girls are doing and, and the people who don't know I'm scrolling on them and I'm, all of those people. I want to see all that. They were like, what about Bleacher Report? He's like, that's basketball, man. It's basketball season. I ain't worried about that. And it's true. Bleacher Report is mostly covering basketball. So he's saying, I, but I unfollow, he goes, I unfollowed the NFL too. I unfollowed everybody. I don't, want to, I don't want to see that people are, you know, while I'm on vacation, that people are saying that I'm a bust. And they need to trade me. I don't want to see it, which makes sense to me. Now, I, I mean, the easier way of not raising a stink about it is, well, I'm just going to uh, un, you know, unfollow the app, or I'll just create a burner account like you know, some maybe former Texas players and create a, a burner account, and I'll just have one on Instagram, and I'll just follow people on that one, and, and that'll be like my, my account where I don't follow the Bears. No one knows that I'm not following the Bears on that one. I just follow my people. I don't have to follow you know, that's the one where it's not my business account. That's my personal account. You could have gone that route. 
but he went. He went the route he did. I, I, I think it's a, it's a great explanation. I will take him at his word on that one. I think he wants it to be over, though. It's the last thing he says in there. I want it to be over. Amon Ra also asked him, do you want to play for the Bears? He said, yeah. Yeah, of course I do. You know, and that's you. That's the answer you want to see. We didn't give the the workaround answer of, well, I don't know, and what if they want me? He just said, "Yo, I want to play for the Bears." And then they asked him if he wanted to, you know, what about the Falcons? Because he's from Georgia, and he said it'd be weird because you know everyone's gonna be hitting me up for tickets because because <laughs> I'm from there. But I, he's got they got talent. I'd love to play there too. But it was interesting to see him have to go through that part today and and have to answer the questions of. Uh, what what does he want? What does he want to you know? What what does he want to do on a podcast where I thought he was just going to be hanging out with the boys and then got hit grilled from from Amon-Ra, future and broadcasting Amon-Ra St. Brown. He gets grilled for it, but it came out. I liked that. I liked it. I liked his answer. I felt it was a good answer. It wasn't one that I was necessarily going to think of, so I appreciate that he gave that answer. Uh, but this is the interesting part for the Bears now, because the Bears now have a decision to make when they've had it. And we have to look at the timeline. I was trying to figure out the timeline of the decision because you figure they would like to wait till after the combine because at the combine, they get to talk to Caleb Williams. They will get to have Caleb Williams in at the combine and have the meetings and go through the measurables and do whatever else that Caleb will allow them to do. He gets to do that at the combine. They get to talk to Drake May. They get to talk to Jane Daniels. They get to talk to other guys. So maybe even if they trade that number one, they trade to number two or number three, they may say, well, we don't care. We actually like Jane Daniels and Drake May more. We'd take one of them. And then we can trade Justin Fields. We can still get a, a, a great package for that number one. A lot of picks for that number one. So they, they may be looking at that, but they can't make that decision until they meet with all these guys, see that, go through. They probably want to see Marvin Harrison Jr., to know, well, do we really do we want to trade so far out of the number one spot that we don't get him either? If he's a generational wide receiver, then we we're keeping Justin Fields, and we want to get Marvin. We want to get him the best target in this guy, like Justin, like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, who is blowing up the league. Can we go get that guy? We don't want to trade too far down. We want to meet with those guys. But then I looked at last year because this this was the Bears last season. The Bears last season had the same problem they have this season because they had that number one pick because Lovey Smith won the game for the Texans. It all worked out for the Texans. They got C.J. Stroud. They make the trade up for Will Anderson. But they they get that pick. But when they made that trade, so this is the timeline and it's not guaranteed, but there's a timeline you can look for if you're judging off of what happened last season. The combine this year is May 26th through the 4th. It really starts like the 29th uh, at the end of the week and goes through Sunday before Monday the 5th uh, is what the pit, what the uh, the combine will be uh, for this year. Last year, the combine ended on the 5th on a Monday, and then... On the Friday, the 10th, they made the trade. So they made the trade. One business at the end of the business week after the combine, they made that trade with the Panthers for DJ Moore and two first, uh, a second and a third, I think. Uh, maybe two maybe two seconds too. But two first, a, a player, and then either one second and a third or two seconds, I believe, was that trade. But they made that trade. So if we're looking at the timeline – because once you make that decision, once you get through the combine and you start to figure out, is it Justin Fields or is it not, 
Now it changes. Now that timeline may change too because if you're trying to trade Justin Fields, then you have to build. But all these teams need to figure out what they're doing in the draft. And for the Steelers, for the Falcons, for the Raiders, who are also going to be looking and talking and trying to figure out if they can move up and get the fourth, fifth pick and go get another quarterback there. All those people that are going to be trying to figure out their quarterback position to before they build the rest of the team, they have to make that decision based on are, are the Bears giving up number one or are they trading Justin Fields? Because maybe we'll take Justin Fields. That, that's a quarterback for the Falcons. That's a quarterback for the Steelers. That's a quarterback for the Raiders that they may go after. So if we're looking at the time that we look at for it to happen, it could happen within a week because basically we're about two months out from the draft right now. Uh, I find it hard to believe that they will let it go till end of March because then you're really getting into the one month till the draft. It becomes harder and harder to do. Now it may stretch, but I would say between uh, between the 10th and the 25th is when you'd see that. That two-week period of 10th and 25th is when we'll see Justin Fields or the first pick get moved would be my guess around that time. Uh, looking at what they did last year, looking at what teams normally do, I don't think it's a draft day trade. I think you plan this out enough, and you go out and you try and pull that trade off. And we'll see if Washington wants to go up. Well, that's great for the Bears because they only have to move to two then, and then they can still they can then move back again, or they can take Marvin Harrison Jr. and keep Justin Fields. They could say we like Drake May and, and still trade Justin Fields. Now the the prediction is that Justin Fields is not going to go for more than a second. Uh, you know, they'd like to get a second and maybe a player or something. They'd like to get more, but that, it, not even a first-rounder right now for Justin Fields because his contract's not long enough. A, a really young guy where you say, well, he's going to have a couple more years and maybe. But, you know, if he's going to be a bust for us too, we're not going to give you too much for him. Uh, we'll see, though. That That's an interesting piece, but it's interesting to hear Justin Fields today say he wants to be there, and the only reason he unfollowed them is because he's going on vacation and he wants it to be vacation. He doesn't want to think about football. He also said, man, I want to know where I'm going because I want to start watching film and start getting into it. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. Let me know what you think about that. Big fat poll of the day. Who will be the second Longhorn drafted in the NFL draft? A.D. Mitchell's easy answer. But you can get extra credit if you go somewhere else. Let me know. And if you're going to give extra credit, who you think he's going to go to, what pick, I'd love that too. I love the extra credit here on the text line. You know, guys, drive the show. I'll just try to keep it on the rails. We'll get to that in a second. I uh, do want to also mention a little bit for the Cowboys. We talked about it yesterday, so we'll talk about the Cowboys today, uh, about some draft needs and some draft targets for the Cowboys. Uh, there's been a couple different places that I've seen in uh, mock drafts. But there's pretty much two positions that most people are saying they're going to pick. Now, there's a couple others they need, and we'll get into those, but there's a couple they may pick. Number one, O-line. Now, people keep saying tackle, but I don't know if tackle is necessarily the best one they need. Uh, they've been okay at tackle. It's more of that guard position uh, that Tyler Smith may move out to left tackle. Uh, but if Tyler Smith's going to stay at left guard, then you need that new left tackle. You're probably going to lose that. Do you pay Biotish? Do you keep him? He's been on a really good deal for you. You got him, I believe, in the fourth round. Or do you take another center? Do you take him early? Or do you try and you know pay Biotis for a short term and then get another center down the line and see if he can surplant him? But O-line, uh, we've seen that Tyler Gutton uh, from Oklahoma, uh, Mims from Georgia is mentioned, uh, Jordan Morgan from Arizona are all mentioned offensive tackles in some different mock drafts I've seen. All guys that you may see at 24 for the Cowboys. Uh, we also see uh, Edrin, uh, Edrigan Edrin Cooper uh, is an inside linebacker. 
a must-have position for the Cowboys. Mike Zimmer is not going to be quite doing the same thing that uh, that Dan Quinn was doing, so you're going to have to find somebody in that linebacker position. Now, that's a position you could probably feel in free agency a little bit easier. Uh, there may be some guys in free agency that Zimmer wants to bring in, but if you have the right guy that falls to you, Cooper is from A&M, so you know, he's, he's a guy that's from that area, enough around Texas area, that you may want to go get him. Uh, but that could be one that I see that they could go linebacker if the right guy's there, but it also feels like they may step back on that one and try and sign one. The price for an inside linebacker is usually not terrible for a guy that can help you fill that gap uh, and make it a little bit easier, but an interesting position there. And then some other ones that aren't getting as much, uh, we know the running back position. Now, I don't know if that's a first-round pick or an early second round trying to get there where I, you know you waited too late last year, you get Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn didn't seem like he was going to be able to make it. You could say you're going to try him again this year. I think that's a fool's errand uh, to believe that he's going to be all of a sudden uh, you know, a 10-carry back because you need 30 carries a game at least. You need 20 from one guy and 10 from another. Uh, you don't necessarily have either of those guys right now. Tony Pollard could be your 10, but he's going to be too expensive. So if you go out and you sign somebody, and you sign somebody for your 20, your 20 carries, and you bring in somebody young for your, your 10, that's where you get to another Texas player, Jonathan Brooks. If you can get him at a right place and a guy who, you know, you're going to let your, your older guy carry it early in the season, Jonathan Brooks, when he's fully healed up, gets to come back in, start to build into that system uh, as you go in, and then by the playoffs, he's fresh and ready to go, and you have a two-back system going into that playoffs to run the ball and keep the pace of the game the way you want it to be. Interesting there. Blake Corum, another name that you may be able to get in the second, third round uh, and get a guy who you know has ability to win in big games, play big in big games, uh, who's not necessarily going to be your every down back, but somebody who can come out and be explosive and get you some big plays behind another back. Uh, you can also go defensive backs. I saw Mina Kimes post today. There's between 20 and 30 teams looking for defensive backs in the draft and free agency. Uh, it's a need for most teams in the NFL. If they bring back Gilmore, if they bring back, uh, like if they bring back some of their guys, then no, because they have Deron Bland, they have Trayvon Diggs. But if you lose a Gilmore, you're going to need a little bit more help. You like to bring in somebody else younger uh, because once Deron Bland gets paid, you may not be able to keep him and Trayvon Diggs. So you want to bring in somebody to start getting ready for that next round of DBs. Uh, and then you can also talk about the defensive tackle position that, you know, you drafted Mozzie Smith last year. It didn't work out with Dan Quinn. They might be able to work with him better. Mike Zimmer is going to have to get into that locker room and start working with Mozzie, see if they want to put some weight back on him, make him more of a run stopper, make him more of the big man who eats it up as opposed to a multi-purpose defensive tackle, make him back to what he does best. Uh, but if they don't feel that he can do that, that is where you start to look back at Tavondre Sweat starts to fall. Maybe you go Tavondre Sweat. Maybe you go Chris Jenkins from Michigan, that big boy. And you look at one of those guys. There's another piece you could be looking at. I've seen some people say wide receiver. I know that Brandon Cooks is not going to be there forever. Michael Gallup, probably a cap uh, casualty, probably going to get cut before the season uh, just to try and get you some cap space. This hasn't been the same player. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going out on a limb and drafting a wide receiver, at least not early. I may take one uh, flyer in the sixth or seventh round and hope to find somebody. But I'm not going to go try and get an A.D. Mitchell or an X-Man because I have, you know, CeeDee Lamb is playing so well. I'm not going to use an early pick to try and build that up. I'd use that one a little bit later. 
Let me know what you think on the text line, 512-447-3776. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, get to the text line. We get back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on a Wednesday afternoon on the horn. Getting to the text line, 512-447-3776 is your text line number. Big fat poll today. Who will be second Longhorn drafted? Let us know if you've got an answer. And if you've got extra credit, what team and where? I know Eddie Mitchell is going to be one of the favorites there. But I keep sending those in. We'll get to some of the text line right now. Uh, Texter says, Dallas has to pay Dak. Uh, but $60 million a year is overpaying for him. I don't think he is better than Lamar Jackson or Hurts or Joe Burrow. If he asks for that, that shows he only cares about himself and not putting together a championship team. Uh, the reality is it's the agents and how much is Dak going to fight off the agent and say, I'll take less money to play there. That's kind of where it ends up. I, I, $60 million is one of those numbers that it does look at of depending on how long the contract is, the longer you give him, the less he's paying up front. And he'll be making, you know, fifty million the beginning, and by the end of the contract, he'll be making sixty a year. And then, you know, if they average it out, it can get to, or you know, fifty eight, fifty nine a year. Uh, that's one of those things you could see. But in the end of the day, it's going to be a discussion of, you know, when he gets it done. I think the earlier he does it, the better deal he'll get Dak to take. But if they push this back and he keeps waiting on it, and then you know, Dak and his agent now have all of the leverage because they understand. They had no other options, and do they want to compete for a Super Bowl and they're all in, or they're not? And you know, if you go into free agency, he's definitely getting sixty a year because now you're competing with other people. I agree, it's not the best case scenario for any of these teams to have a quarterback at sixty million dollars if they're not necessarily the guy to to win it all. But you're also at a point. Well, if you don't have him, then you're not competitive at all, and you have to hope to get somebody as good as him again. It's it's a really difficult point to be in if you're a Cowboys fan. But I agree with you. Hopefully he doesn't try and get the you know jump above, and he's not better than Lamar or Joe Burrow. I don't think anybody thinks his potential is higher than those guys, uh, but he's stayed healthier, and that has been a big piece for him in the last few years and why his value is so high is because he's stayed on the field more than a lot of those other guys have. Uh, Texter uh, says, today's poll, uh, I hate to autocorrect, best available. Uh, today's poll, JT Sanders could be the best available to the right team. Tricky with values on tight ends. It is. That's what I'm saying. It depends on where he goes. They're saying right now in the mock drafts, it's basically Brock Bowers is dropping to about 18 
uh, in a lot of mock drafts, 16 to 18, where they say he's a top 10 talent. But if those go higher, if the mock drafts miss and they do go for a tight end early and another team is really looking for a tight end there, he could go early. That's So it's an interesting piece there because we know what he can do. I don't think he's blocking is right where it needs to be completely yet, but he's doing a lot of things right. And clarifying on yesterday's poll, I was wondering if a college team from the state could win a natty ahead of, oh, okay, not just Texas, a college team. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Ahead of Texas pro team winning NBA Finals. Uh, who are the most likely schools to make that happen? Yes, I agree. We probably aren't quite in that conversation right now. I mean, Baylor won one pretty recently. Uh, we know Houston is, what, number three in the country right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think there's Houston and Baylor would be my two first guests on that one. That's what I would say would be the two first Texas teams to, to win a championship. But, yes, okay, I like that clarification. Uh, I, I was saying Texas, that might be a bit optimistic, but you're with me. You're with me. Appreciate that. Uh, that's from Random Texter 69. Appreciate that. Uh, Ardov says, you're not going to hate on David Pierce for running up the score against those Christians? No. No, I'm not. And I'm a Lance Berkman fan, too, and I'm still not mad at him. You got to go get those right. Who's he going to start pulling players? Come on. Let's just keep bunning. You know, I get it. It sucks. It's, it's sports. If it was like 50 to zero, I'd, it, then maybe you start. But 20s, 20s baseball. Like once you get into 30s, it might be crazy. 20s, that's baseball. You know, it just happens sometimes. That's why you schedule, you schedule Texas. You know, that may happen. Uh, and second, Longhorn taking a sweat. All right. All right. That's what it could be. Because his 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 value is all over the board. R dub, oh, that was R dub right there. Sorry, uh, Dak. Let's see. We also have Dak only has uh, only had one for MVP given to him by just Crunnel voter. One first place vote. He was second place in voting. He had one first place vote. Uh, and actually, he didn't have a first place vote. He uh, Josh Allen had one first place vote. I don't think Dak had any first place votes. Uh, but he had a lot of second place votes. They vote first, second, third, fourth, and so. He, he had votes. He, he finished second. From, from what I've heard, I have not seen the actual numbers, but I've seen that. But I believe Josh Allen was the one who got the didn't want to give it to uh, Lamar. Uh, Lurch says Sanders, then Murphy. All right, so you got, you got the Lurch says going in uh, with, the, with the tight ends going early theme. Uh, this texture says Mitchell, second horn drafted to Buffalo, Carolina, or Tennessee. I see, yeah, all of those. I know I've seen him going. I've seen him going to the Cowboys, which I don't know if they need that at 24. Uh, but I've also, uh, the one that you always see that's the scariest is him to Kansas City. I mean, that's good for him, but scary for the rest of the NFL if that was what to, was to happen. Uh, it says, uh, Guyton is an LBJ kid. Uh, Jerry Jones loves sweat. Couldn't keep his hands off him after the after Arkansas game. And look, I know as much people say he doesn't like Texas. He has what the grandkid there or some. He's got a relation that was playing at Texas, so he's got a little bit better feel for Texas now. He's been down and in the suite and and all of that. So I think he doesn't necessarily have the same hatred for Texas. Maybe he's making up with Jimmy Jones, maybe Jimmy Johnson and Texas and everybody. All right, I want to do another hook them up replay. Keep those texts coming in. We'll get back to them in just a second. Uh, well, let's go behind the burn orange curtain with Rob Babers here on a hook them up replay on the Sports Complex. All right, there's a lot of uh, buzz about the Longhorns coming out in the NFL draft. Of course, 11 of them going to the NFL Combine, and uh, we'll talk about that and break it down. I think these guys have a, a lot of the Longhorns, probably five or six of them, can really improve their draft stock um, by the reviews they get uh, at the Combine, which we'll get into and talk about. But Matt Miller, NFL Draft Scout, does a really good job. I mean, originally – 
Um, I think he was like working with like Bleacher Report originally. Now works for ESPN, and uh, he does a great job at NFL actually uh, draft evaluations. And he's actually a Longhorn fan, um, and he actually doesn't hide that. So he watches the games a lot. So he's got personal opinions about the Longhorns, but also his professional opinions. He had a uh, just a media availability yesterday or earlier this week, I should say. And uh, it wasn't just for Texas. It wasn't just for college football. It wasn't just for NFL. It was for everything. I mean, they asked him about a myriad of different topics. But he did get um, a Longhorn-related question. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was uh, Jeff Jones who got a chance to ask him the question. We don't have the question in it, but essentially the question was, of the 11 Longhorns going to the combine, which one of those guys has the most to gain by going to the NFL Combine and performing really well. Here is, and he goes into some detail, talks about a couple of players here, but here is Matt Miller's response. In the mock drafts. So I was going to say Byron Murphy has the most to gain because I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of him uh, just because we didn't see him in an in a all-star game. He wasn't your Shrine or Senior Bowl. And what Texas asked him to do, as you know, you know, he played head up on the offensive tackle in a 3-3-5 defense. So he was not asked to just, pin his ears back and go rush the quarterback, which is what he actually does very well. He's not the biggest guy, 6'1". We'll see he's probably between 300 and 310 pounds. But his quickness and his raw strength are just jaw-droppingly good. And so for me personally, as someone who, as you called me out of my helmet, uh, I I watch every Texas game, obviously. Um, I was a little surprised when he declared because I hadn't at least heard a lot of buzz. So for some of these guys, when they declare, it's like, okay, now I need to watch him. And as soon as I started watching him closely, it was like, okay, he's going to be in my top 40. You watch more and, no, wait, he's going to be in my top 30. And then it's, wait, I think he's going to be in the top 20. And uh, sure enough, now I think he's in my top 15. So I, I think some of that is just getting caught up. You know, we watch so many games throughout the year, but you're not always focused on individual players. You know, you're trying to take like a holistic view almost. And obviously like watch the quarterbacks because those are the guys we're going to get asked about a lot. You want to watch the Marvin Harrisons and the Joe Alts, guys we know are going to be, you know, probably top 10 picks, but, you know, January, February is when you really start to hone in on individual players and, and Murphy has, has shot up tremendously um, because of that. I'll, I'll throw one more name out there. I, Xavier Worthy. I, I don't know if it's, you know, just because of how much Texas football I've watched. I feel like he's being slept on a little bit nationally when I see mock drafts or rankings from colleagues. I'm always a little surprised at how low he's ranked. I think he has a great opportunity next week to, uh, to come in and show – yeah, number one, just how fast he is. He's going to he's gonna burn up the track with that vertical speed. But I think also to answer questions, a lot of people have labeled him as, oh, he has drop issues because of the 2022 tape. A lot of the drop issues really went away in 2023. I think he, he and Ewers just got on better chemistry, better understanding of how, how the ball is coming in. So I think Worthy has a, a huge opportunity to put himself into the first round next week. All right, so Matt Miller actually um, has – he has a two-round mock draft out. He's got Xavier Worthy in the first round, um, and he's got, of course, Byron Murphy in the first round. Byron Murphy – every mock I've seen, Byron Murphy is taken in the first round. So Byron Murphy is going to be a first-round pick, and everybody's saying he's going to be a freak actually at the combine too. So Byron Murphy will be a first-round pick. He's got Xavier Worthy actually in the first round too, and you just heard him there, a big fan of Xavier Worthy. Most of the mock drafts have A.D. Mitchell as the one that – the receiver that cracks the first round for Texas, especially if he runs at 4-4 of any regard. And I think that he will run a 4-4, maybe a high one to a mid one. And uh, he's also uh, – Matt Miller's got Jonathan Brooks as the first running back off the board still. So everybody's got Jonathan Brooks. Pro Football Focus, Mel Kuyper, everybody's got Jonathan Brooks as the first running back off the board. Speaking of Mel Kuyper, remember Mel Kuyper when he was asked on ESPN – and I'll try to find this audio, too. Uh, he was asked, 
who is uh, what of the receivers because they say really deep receiver uh, draft. They say that every year because it's the deepest position in football. But he was asked what receivers are the most underrated. Um, which receivers, uh, in your opinion, aren't getting uh, their proper due and attention during this process? And he said the Texas receivers. Uh, mentioned Xavier Worthy, mentioned A.D. Mitchell uh, specifically. He said the Texas receiver. So uh, maybe maybe they're right about Xavier Worthy. Maybe Xavier Worthy, after he runs a 40, uh, will show that blinding speed, and he'll end up cracking uh, into the first round too. I mean, J.T. Sanders, he had – Matt Miller has him uh, going in the second round to Cincinnati, um, I believe. He also had A.D. Mitchell going in the second round too. So he did not have A.D. Mitchell in the first round. He only had two first-round Longhorns, and that was Byron Murphy and Xavier Worthy. He had A.D. Mitchell going in the second round along with uh, Jay Brooks and along with J.T. Sanders. So that's – I mean, if if you get three Longhorns in the first round, you had not had three Longhorns drafted in the first round since 1980. Since the year Rod B was born, it's been a long time since the Longhorns have had two, long, uh, three Longhorns drafted first round. They they had two um, in a streak actually six out of seven years in in the you know two thousands from oh one to oh seven. They actually had two first rounders in six out of those seven years. Um, so that's not crazy. But the three first rounders, if Texas does that, you're talking about them being in you know rarefied air roster wise they hadn't been there in a long time where they're pumping out that kind of high level talent but it's it's possible because Tavondre Sweat is a guy we talked about that yesterday Jim Nagy of the uh senior bowl says he shouldn't slip out of the first round that he should be a first round guy it's too much of a unicorn so you're talking about four too rare you know about four guys here that they're getting a lot of buzz being first round picks Byron Murphy A.D. Mitchell Tavondre Sweat uh and Xavier Worthy it's yeah. interesting. And, you know, and we've talked about Jatavion Sanders. At what point does the, the lack of depth at the tight end class push Jatavion Sanders up if he has a real good combine, Rod? Yeah. Because there's I think he really, for, for most scouts, it is, last year was a really deep tight end class, right, mm-hmm. when you had the, the Sam Laportas and the Dalton Kincaids and uh, Matthew Mayer, all these really high-end tight ends. And this year it's really Brock Bowers, JT Sanders, and then it's a wide gap to the next guy. It's true. So if you're looking for a tight end, you might have to jump on JT because Brock Bauer is going to go into top ten or twelve I picks out of Georgia, good. and yeah. then if, you know if you're in the back end of that first round, you may look at that and say, I mean, "We're looking for a tight end." Um, there's J.T. Sanders with uh, a lot of upside. I'm with you on that. That's a good point, um, and I think he will test well. Uh, I think J.T. Sanders will test really well, actually, because uh, he's a freakish athlete. I mean, that's what and that's what the combine's all about—the freak athletes—and he is one of them. Brock Bowers is too, though. I mean, uh, I've been watching more film on Brock Bowers and. Yeah, he is. He is cleared away. There's actually there is a separation between he and J.T. Sanders, um, and then there's a like you said a drop, precipitous drop between J.T. Sanders and the rest of the tight end field. Uh, but Brock Bowers, man, he is going to be a hell of a tight end in the league. Yeah, he might. He's one of those kind of surefire. Like I, I would be shocked if he doesn't ball out in the league. And no, he's going to a Pro Bowler and all pro. I'd be shocked. <laughs> I agree with you. He's that good, man. It's, oh. rare, it's rare that a tight end becomes a, that much oh. of a difference maker in even college football. You're right. I mean, he was such a good player and such a competitor. I mean, he's oh, just elite man. in everything that he does. So, love that ball play. He's a huge part of I mean, Georgia built their offense around him at some yeah. level. Oh, yeah, and he'll test. On the run game the and in the passing game. Yeah, it was worth it. Because I mean, he, could, he, he could maul people in the running game, and he can't be guarded one-on-one. Well, it, as a receiver. Well, he's so good that even in that really deep tight end class last year, he would have been far and away the number one. Yep. I mean, he would have been. There yep. were four or five really good tight ends in last year's class, and they all performed as rookies. Hell, Cowboys drafted one early. 
Cowboys drafted when they drafted Luke, school, Luke, school, Luke, when they second drafted second, second round. round. Yeah, it was that's how deep it was. They drafted one in the second round. Second round, yeah. 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 So we'll see. This one not as deep. So to your point, four, you know, according to the different scouts here, Matt Miller, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Jim Nagy, uh, Longhorns, if you're listening, they got four or five in the first 40 picks yeah, for the, for the def- long. Yeah, they're going to have like five in the top 50, 60 yeah. picks. That's, I agree with you're right that. about that. And, yeah. the, and the argument, there, at least the, the, the strong recruiting argument for Sark is, you know, the, this is a good mix of, you know, three year. You know, five-star players that they brought in, like Xavier Worthy and J.T. Sanders. Xavier Worthy was an impact player the moment he walked on campus mm-hmm. as a highly recruited player. J.T. Sanders, Byron Murphy, both early. All, all these guys are early to the league, whereas, you know, Devondre Sweat had to develop. Devondre Sweat had to grow into this mm-hmm. possible first-round pick. Um, you know, Jonathan Brooks and Jalen Ford uh, going to be drafted in this draft. I mean, so you're developing the high-end talent and you're developing those guys that, yeah. that, that need to come along. You gotta, and you got to give some props. I mean, honestly – some of the evaluations to Tom Herman. I mean, think about this. You had Tavondre Sweat, who was a what a three star, yeah, uh, recruit. You got, um, I mean, even you know those guys like you know think of Jonathan Brooks. I mean, Jonathan, you know, he was one of those evaluations. I mean, Jalen Ford was one of those evaluations where he didn't have a ton of offers, and you know, ends up in Texas. He was like, oh no, we think you're a hell of a linebacker. Tom Herman has some decent evaluations. Christian Christian Jones. I mean, that Christian Jones evaluation ends up being pretty good. Yeah. Now, overall. 100%. Now, in terms of development, that's a different story. But in terms of the evaluations, I mean, those, some of those evaluations are looking pretty good. Good stuff there. Hook them up with Ian Robbie behind the burnt orange curtain. Same stuff. Some of the same stuff we were talking about with the tight ends and all those draft position for the Longhorns. Uh, good stuff there. Hook them up with Ian Robbie. We will uh, take a quick break here, come back, wrap up the show, get to any remaining text, 512-447-3776. We come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, wrapping things up here on a Wednesday afternoon. Appreciate all you guys hanging out with me here on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday uh, it's uh, always a good time getting out of the, the downhill of the week, the real fun. We get to Thursday and Friday, and then we get to the weekend. Basket, NBA basketball is back on Thursday. Can't wait to go watch some more NBA basketball. I know I'm a junkie, but I love watching it, so I'll get back to that. Uh, I got another text in that says, uh, with the talk that there may be anywhere between two to four players taking the draft, do you think that there is validity to the statement that UT underachieved even with them going to the college football playoff. All right. So two to four in the first round was the where they said that two uh, is being projected pretty much everywhere. And then you don't know JT Sanders, Tavondre Sweat are both people. Two to four in the first round. That's important in this because in the draft there's going to be uh, between eight to ten, uh, I think, but probably around eight uh, for Texas players taking the draft entirely. And the reality is no, because, you know, Michigan is supposed to have like 11 players in the draft. They're going to do really well. Uh, Washington's having a bunch of players in the draft as well. Uh, You know, Alabama always has a bunch of players in the draft. So, no, I I don't think they underachieved. 
Uh, I think that, you know, when we looked at what we thought they could do this season and they brought those guys up, they've player developed, you know, in how college football works, I think they've done everything that they needed to do to continue to get better and better. But I would not say uh, that they, they have underachieved. I, I do not think that at all. I think if that's kind of a defeatist way of looking at it, well, we, we did we did as good as we've done in many years, but we're still, you know, it's still behind a, a Georgia and Alabama and those teams. Uh, and, and we could see. It could be one guy taken in the first round. We're, we're assuming two. It could be one. It could be one. We also get another one that says Mitchell was my first thought for number two. Mitchell is right now on both of the mock, tra- mock drafts. The, fir- the wide receiver taken, he's taken before Xavier Worthy. He's a first-round pick. Uh, in most mock drafts, I'm seeing he's moving up in that range. Uh, appreciate everybody hanging out. Appreciate you going, uh, playing along in the text line. Hope you're back again tomorrow uh, for more. So we start to get back into basketball more. We'll talk more about the draft, more about free agency, more NFL talk and football talk. Get you start to get you ready for the weekend tomorrow. But until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for more from the Sports Complex.